Honky Tonk Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to Chris and Mike on Wrestle Shop. Hello, it's 2014, and we thought, since it's a new year, we thought we'd bring you a new episode on the Operation Retroshock feed, which is WrestleShock, which is to do with all things wrestling. I'm your host, Chris Fent, and I'm joined by my esteem, esteem, esteem colleague, Mike Lucy. Hello, Mike. Yes. Yes. We are. Yes. Okay. We're in, and none of that, none of that. Send out Rey Mysterio and says, uh, yeah, we'll get on to that in a minute, folks. So, it's been a while, Mike. Um, how have you been? Ah, uh, good. Just recovering from the holidays. Uh, 2014's full steam ahead. Yeah, so we're already a month into it. Um, we've been trying to get recording times done, but either I've been on well, Mike's been on well, I've been working, Mike's... Always working. Yeah, I was going to say, Mike rarely got <laughs> the day off, apart from Christmas Day. Um, so, we had a bit of time today, so we just thought we'd sit down and talk about all things wrestling. Um, so, we're going to talk about the first um, pay-per-view of WWE release in January, which is the Royal Rumble. Um, Mike, obviously, you have to pay quite a bit of money for this, whereas we have to pay like £15, which is equivalent to about $35, $40, whereas you have to pay how much? $60? No, WrestleMania is $60, but all the other monthly pay-per-views are about 50 Okay. Um, so, what were your thoughts leading into the Royal Rumble card? Was it something that you were going to buy anyway, or was there a certain match in the card that you thought, um, you know, this this will sell it for me? Well, I always get the big four anyway, so I was going to end up getting the Royal Rumble just out of habit. Mm-hmm. But the, the Rumble is actually my favorite pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, I would second that. So, I mean, it's just got built-in excitement, so... I was excited just for the Rumble match itself, um, if not for anything else. Okay. Um, obviously, there was the first match we kicked off. I'm trying to go off the top of my head here. First match we had was Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt. Um, are you a fan of the Wyatts, Mike? Um, I know a lot of people are really fans of their promos, but Bray Wyatt seems to not measure up in the wrestling department um, for a lot of people. That's exactly the category that I fall into. Oh, right, okay. Well, um, that was easy solved. <laughs> when they first started doing their creepy promos, I was super excited and really intrigued as to how they were going to be introduced. And, and and after, like, the first couple of times we saw them in the ring, for me, the luster kind of just wore off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a real big fan of – I'm not a big fan of the monster wrestler anyway, uh, everybody knows how I feel about the big show. So uh, <laughs> having another, I don't know if you would call Bray Wyatt a giant, but, you know, a larger type, you know, power yeah, wrestler. I mean, the other two for me, are, I don't know what it is, but every time I see them, I just think of them, you know, like they're distant relatives of the Godwins. <laughs> I don't know what, I mean, it's just their attire. I but see that. <laughs> just every time I see them, I just think, you know, like, and the travels in threes as well. So, um, yeah, it's... Something, you know, like his promos were, were really, really good, you know, like, and you're looking forward to seeing him coming in. Then he had that match with Kane, that, um, you know, Ring of Fire match, um, which, you know, didn't really do it for me. And then they seemed to kind of take a back seat with him. I know then he had an injury. 
kind of take a back seat and just leave with uh, Harper and whatever that guy's name is. Rowan. I am. I was going to say Rowan, but that's a different member. That's a different faction. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, what were your thoughts of this match? You know, because... the crowd were red hot, you know, like we all we all thought that you'd be going to that, but then you were like, it's a six-hour drive, and it's, it comes to something that you could drive to that place, and I can hear enough fly to it in time. Uh, yeah, I'm right outside of Philadelphia, and for people that aren't in the United States, don't really quite understand the distance. Yes. Um, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Pittsburgh is actually a six-hour drive from Philadelphia, or from the Philadelphia area, so I'm I'm not driving six hours. To go to a show. Uh, as far as the extent of where I'll go, you know, if it's Philadelphia or if it's maybe like Trenton or Atlantic City or something like that, those are shows that I can make it to fairly easily, but yeah, not not Pittsburgh, not even for the Rumble. And you can see Michael Lacey on Money in the Bank 2013. Uh, <laughs> available at Um So yeah, um, what were your thoughts on this match? Was it one that kicked off the show well? Um, I actually did like this match. I thought it was pretty good. Um, Daniel Bryan anytime is is a win for me, um, and the fact that the crowd was just so hot for this match, mm-hmm. just standing on their feet and being loud, 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 um, and continuing to be loud through the rest of the pay per view, as I'm sure we'll touch on. Um, I thought it was pretty good back and forth. Again, I'm not that much of a Bray Wyatt fan, but I think that he worked well with Daniel Bryan. Um, I kind of I kind of got a little tired of this storyline, but I think that the chemistry between the two um, throughout the entire thing worked well. Um, I really do like Bray Wyatt's finisher. The, um, I don't know what Yes. I think that's pretty sweet. Um, the bump that Daniel Bryan took off the barricade at the end there oh, just yeah. was so sick, and especially after coming off a legitimate concussion, mm-hmm. I was surprised that he took that bump. Um and then that led into a finish that I think surprised everyone. There was, going into that match, there was no way in the world that you were going to tell me that Daniel Bryan was not going to go over in that match. And the fact that they gave the win to, to Bray Wyatt just completely shocked me, and I'm sure it shocked the world. I know it definitely shocked the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I think that was something that, you know, with something that we'll touch on later on, um, it was good to see, you know, like... Brian is over as he is, can still do, you know, put people over and still maintain, you know, like that air of, you know, popularity um, that he just seems accustomed to at the moment. Um, yeah, so that was the first match. The second match, not really a match as such, but just probably the best match of the card for Mike was Big Show <laughs> versus Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, kind of not something that I really thought... Um, you could see Brock getting blown up quite a bit with the amount of chair shots that he was wielding at Big Show. Um, I almost laughed whenever he got to get him up in the F5 and then kind of staggered over to the left a bit like he's hairier than I thought. And <laughs> um, kind of just did the F5 um, to him, um, which lasted two minutes. Ironically, the first match was 21 minutes and this lasted two minutes. Well, that's because um, there was 10 minutes before they rung the bell. Well, that's true. Um, yeah. Apparently, it says pre-match for Lesnar versus Big Show with three minutes, 14 seconds assault from Lesnar. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on this, sir? Um, it, it was not one that I was looking forward to, even though leading up to it, uh, Big Show really looked strong, kind of throwing around Brock Lesnar like nobody really ever has before. Um, really seeing Brock getting manhandled, um, 
and really made the Big Show look strong. I didn't know what kind of match we were going to have just because these two aren't exactly known for the quality of work they have in the ring. Kachikas um, Khan is in their side. I actually said that when I stuttered and I amused myself there. <laughs> and it kind of seems like kind of seems like Brock has taken the chair as his uh like like um his signature thing. Mm-hmm. He really seems to be doing a lot of chair work. And I think part of that is because he's been so weak in the ring since he's come back. Um I think he re- if you ask me the only real strong match that he's had since he's been back was that first match that he yeah. had against John Cena. Yeah, I think he'd be right there because his match for Triple H wasn't the best, you know, like, um, fair enough where I, I could barely see it from where I was, but, um, yeah, there hasn't been too many outstanding Brock Lesnar matches, um, since his return. Do you think he, do you think he should have stayed away, or do you think him coming back has kind of harmed his, in inverted commas, legacy? Well, no, I, I don't mind him being back. I just wish that he would, I don't know if they just need to book him more properly or or if he needs to take more pride in what he does in the ring. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of living off of that nostalgia and living off of the whole badass MMA, you know, real fighting lore. Yeah. But um something's just not right this time around. Um I think that he do- if he worked on it, if he decided to be Although, don't get me wrong, he seems to be more of a full-time worker now than he was previously. But if if he was in the ring more and really seemed to put more time in, I think that he could get back to kind of where he was before. I also think he's a little bit too big. Uh, he, he seems a little clumsy in the ring yeah. as opposed to his first run. Um, it almost reminds me of The Rock. You know, like The Rock was huge whenever he came back, but The Rock would be run out of steam very quickly and I think the same happens with Lesnar you see his face getting very very red the longer the match goes on because of his you know like of of how he is maybe it just his conditioning isn't as good as it once was and who knows with his diverticulitis how that affects his training and how well, that affects well, someone saying that and I'll stop him there <laughs> that's going to be the tricky one yeah how that affects him physically as far as being able to have stamina in a match I don't know. I mean, it could be a legitimate handicap for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they book him properly, I think that he is definitely an asset. I, I know I just mentioned that I'm not a big fan of the monster of the monster worker, but there's definitely still room for the monster in you know in today's business. Um, what are your thoughts then on him being a part time worker? Do you think? Um, if he wants to be part of the WWE crew, he should be a full-time worker rather than just appearing here and there because apparently they've used all his appearances for his contract running up to WrestleMania. I definitely think that if you're going to sign a contract and you're going to be a part of this business, I really think that you need to be there day in and day out. Not only to increase your work rate, because if you're only working once a month or twice a month or whatever, you're not going to be able to hold your own in the ring with a guy that's in there five nights a week. You know, it's just physically is going to take a a harsher toll on you than it is on somebody that's constantly doing it, you know, day in and day out. It must be strange as well for the likes of, say, Brock Lesnar, who comes in and he does what he does, you know, like he's on a part-time contract, and then he gets a spot at WrestleMania, and then you have somebody say, like Antonio Cesaro, who sweats his 
behind off and entertains a crowd night in, night out, you know, like it's one of the top performers, in my opinion, and one of the most underrated performers in WWE, and he gets Diddley Scott. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you there, because he's one of my favorite guys right now, too. Um, and the fact that they're squandering him in this Real Americans garbage storyline is just a, it's a tragedy. But we, we the people, Mike, don't <laughs> so. Uh, well, anyway, mo- moving on, um, we then have a lot of, you know, backstage promos, etc. And then we have the Randy Orton versus John Cena match. Um, this is kind of like what happened on the Raw after WrestleMania, when if Randy Orton had a match with uh, Sheamus and the crowd just completely did not care. And you could tell, finally, that the crowd just didn't give a didn't give a monkey's chuff, or they didn't give a hoot. Didn't give anything about this match. They were chanting JBL, Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, you know, like they were chanting for everything bar the people in the ring. Um, what were your thoughts, like, watching this unfold, Mike? My, my thoughts were Randy Orton really needs to find a way to control his emotions. <laughs> he was getting so angry. Yes. You could just see it on his face. And John Cena is used to this. You know, he's used to, you know, uh, let's go Cena and Cena sucks. He's so used to a divided crowd and, and all that kind of stuff. And he can really keep his cool and composure. But Randy Orton, man, you could see it was really getting under his skin. Um, I think um, from what I read, that or whether it was a video, um, Orton says something to Cena like they're SH, something all over us. And Cena just goes, just leave it alone, just pay no attention, just keep going, you know, so Orton's like, obviously, you know, as you say, he's become the petulant child, really, it's just like, no, cheer for me, cheer for me, you know, and the crowd is just like, no, it's, it's, it's something we've seen 11 or 12 times before, and we don't want to see it again, and I don't want to see this match at WrestleMania, but we'll get on that after, <laughs> um, was it a match that you overly paid attention to, or were you more... I know I was more focused on hearing what the crowd was saying more than actually watching the stuff that was going on in the ring. Yeah, I think that the crowd reaction, in all honesty, just out of... For pure entertainment, the crowd reaction made the match more entertaining for me, because I liked, I loved to see Orton just unravel the way that he was unraveling. I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the match in the ring... It wasn't too bad. I mean, it was your typical Randy Orton, John Cena match. Um, I did like the part where they did each other's finishers. Yeah. I thought that was entertaining. Um, And I kind of think, I don't think that that was necessarily planned. I think that that might have been something that Cena came up with on the fly to kind of get the crowd back into it, to try to give the crowd maybe a little something that they would cheer for or find entertaining. Because um, that seems to be the kind of thing that that, that Cena tends to do. Because um, he he, I think he's good at working the crowd. Yeah, and he's had so much history with that. So I think that that was a good part of the match. I hated the finish. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, it's just a case of whenever you watch it, you're just like, oh. <sighs> same stuff, different time. I mean, if you're going to do that kind of garbage on a B pay-per-view that, fine, you want to progress storyline or start a new storyline the way that this did, don't do it on the Royal Rumble. Don't do it at WrestleMania. Don't do it at Survivor Series or SummerSlam. Do it, you know, if you want to do it at, you know, whatever, you know, TLC or or whatever, that, that's fine. Um, 
but I think that it kind of tarnishes the big four if yeah. you're going to do it that way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, like it was weird, you know, like just that happening, you know, like in the wires coming out and you're just like, oh, right, okay. And then, you know, people are just like uh, giving off that, you know, like, oh, they're going to fight at WrestleMania. And at the same time, people are saying that they don't want to see Bradley Orton versus John Cena for the 12th time, but at the same time, they don't want to see Bray Wyatt versus John Cena, which is something new. So, it's kind of, what What, what do you want then? What do you want? Uh, well, you know what? I don't necessarily want to see John Cena and, and Bray Wyatt either, but it's almost like you can't, you can't please everyone because we do get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again, and then when they do give us something new, we don't want to see that either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it'd be weird because if these two fight at WrestleMania, this will be one of the first WrestleManias that I can remember that um, John Cena will not have closed out WrestleMania. That's very true. Which will be very strange. So Right, um, so we shall go on to the Royal Rumble match. We'll not talk about this in depth. Um, obviously, there were some surprise um, appearances. One of Sheamus, uh, one of JBL. Oh, yes, you called it. Yeah, you get on to that in a minute. My lord. Um, leak script. Um, so we had JBL coming in the ring for the total of about, you know, 30 seconds. We had um, El Torito, which was... Obviously, they didn't have Santino, so they thought we'd put somebody else funny in. And um, I just didn't see the point. And people are... Then complaining that, you know, it could have given the spot to Daniel Bryan instead, but that didn't happen. So, your final four, Mike, uh, as you predicted, um, who were they? I said that we were going to get a returning Sheamus. We were going to get Batista, CM Punk, and Roman Reigns, and I was right. You were right. Um, (laughs) So, your thoughts on, like, obviously, these were the final four ones you predicted. Um, What were your thoughts on this then? Who... Oh, I think it was pretty set in stone that everyone knew that Batista was going to win it. But yes. apart from that, you know, like, was there any other person in your final four that you really wanted to win it? I wanted to see Roman Reigns win it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big Sam Punk fan. Um, he's my favorite wrestler of this generation. Um, but we did have him on such a long championship reign. Um, I'm kind of okay with them not putting him over at the Rumble. Um you're not going to bring Batista back to have him look weak and get eliminated in his first go, you know, his first in-ring work. I think it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to win. So people getting upset with Batista winning, I can understand um, being upset with the uh, I don't know how to explain it, but be, you know, with the whole concept of it. But the fact that if you were you know if you were surprised by seeing him at the end of the Rumble, there's something wrong with you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's almost a case of you didn't you knew that he was going to come out as a late number. There was no way he was going to come out like number ten. Um, the majority, uh, the only one that I can remember who was a returning superstar who like came up quite high was the year prior whenever Jericho came back and he was like number two. Um, it was good to see as well before we move on to the winner and such. It was good to see Ziggler getting such a huge pop whenever he came out you know it's almost a case of Ziggler is 
Ziggler to me is where Triple H was after the um, the click incident in Madison Square Garden. He seems to be, you know, like his face is in the dog muck, and he has to kind of just grin and bear it. And then hopefully things get better. He he's constantly getting buried. He's not really getting much TV time. But whenever he comes out on like a pay per view, the crowd just goes wild for him. Um, is it somebody that you particularly like, um, Mr. Ziggler? Oh, I love Dolph Ziggler. I was so happy when he cashed in his money in the bank the night after WrestleMania. Uh, not as happy as you guys were since you, know, you were there. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> but uh, it was really such a shame that he got the concussion when he got that concussion because it really killed the momentum that he had going. Um, and he really hasn't recovered since. Yeah. So I would like to see 2014 really be um, you know, his ascent up to get back into that main event picture. It almost almost seems to be that once you're a Money in the Bank holder, it seems to be that after that, look at him, look at Sandow, look at The Miz. You know, like, all three of them are basically not doing anything whenever they were, you know, like, you know, like, Miz was huge back at WrestleMania 27, you know, like, having the belt, you know, like, leading up to that, being such a great heel champion, and now, what does he do? What uh, The last thing I remember Damon Sandow doing was feuding with the Great Khali, which was like, what? It's just yeah, a- way to put over your money in the bank pay-per-view. Yay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, obviously, Batista won the Royal Rumble, um, and then the internet imploded. Um, because everyone thought, now, I will give Mr. Price's dues. Whenever we were sitting there, we are going, right, okay, we still need Batista to come out, we still need somebody else to come out, and and then he went, and then he said Daniel Bryan. I I think I said Daniel Bryan. He went, no, Rey Mysterio hasn't come out yet, and he was doing a promo earlier on, and I was just like, oh, no, and then Rey Mysterio came out, and the crowd just went, Boom. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my goodness, I would hate to be in that man's shoes. Um, what were your thoughts on, you know, like, obviously Roman Reigns coming so close. Unfortunately, like last year, uh, Cena won it and Ryback came so close, you know. So it seemed to be that, um, you know, the biggest guys seemed to be in the final two. Um, but what were your thoughts on Batista winning and Roman Reigns' performance outperforming Kane's 2001 um, Royal Rumble eliminations? As far as the concept of Batista coming back and winning it, I think, was it four days later from his return? I don't particularly agree with that. Yeah. But like I said, it was kind of written in, in the stars. Everybody knew. Oh, my. I <laughs> that song in my head. <laughs> so I, I, it wasn't a shock or a surprise. Uh, I was really glad to see Roman Reigns look as strong as he did um, with, what was it, six eliminations? Roman Reigns? Or how many eliminations was it that Roman Reigns had? Reigns um, beat Kane. It was like 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. I, knew that, I knew there was a record, but the number wasn't coming to my head. Um, <laughs> you were halfway there. <laughs> the fact that um, they seem to be teasing the breakup of the shield, um, but not going all the way through with it. So I don't know kind of what they're dragging their feet for. Um, we saw that um, Ambrose kind of turned on Reigns and tried to get him eliminated, and then he ended up eliminating both of the, both Rollins and Ambrose at the same time. So it really seems like he's going to end up getting this monster face push sometime in 2014, so I thought he was very impressive. Um, 
I was really excited to see Seamus come back because I've been waiting for him for a while. I mean, the, the Seamus character as a face, I don't necessarily think I don't necessarily think it works as well as his heel character. Yeah. But um, he's still a guy that I like to be around. So he's one of my favorite guys in, in, in the company right now. So I was really excited to see him come back. And Sam Punk just – Sam Punk is Sam Punk. Uh, when, when he came out number one, we knew that he was going to be the first uh, entrant. And then Seth Rollins came out number two. I was really excited to see the two of them work together again because I think that they – I think that their styles really, really uh, mesh well together. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good – I think it was a good rumble in general except for the fact that Daniel Bryan was left out. Yeah. Um, I think it was a case of, well, that a lot of people were, you know, like at the end booing and then Batista going up the ramp and flipping the bird – some of the fans and then doing the yes chant but with middle fingers instead so coming back you know like a, you know what five six days after your big return and that happens well that's well, and that plus CM Punk getting eliminated by a cane that's not even in the rumble anymore well that has happened time and time again you know don't forget that whenever Jericho eliminated Shawn Michaels in 2003 I think it was that Shawn Michaels came down and eliminated him, so it's happened time and time again, you know. Yeah, I just don't like it when they do yeah. that. Yeah, right, so we shall move on, because you obviously you talked about CM Punk. Um, some similarities between CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin in, what was it, late 2001, um, 2002, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, in inverted commas, took his ball and went home, and seems... Same seems to be said for CM Punk. Now, just being on the WWE and TNA network of Facebook uh, group that I'm part of, um, our good buddies over at Total Wrestling Show posted, we need your thoughts on WWE Monday Night Raw and this tweet that listener Stefan Beckett found. We believe this is legit. Um, and um, the guy wrote on Twitter, kicked out of Raw for chanting for CM Punk, what happened to freedom of speech? And somebody replied to it, wow, just got kicked out of the Century Link Theater. Center with about 40 other people for chanting CM Punk. I saw people got tossed out earlier too, um, which is kind of strange. Um, but um, Well, if that's true, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, I have a funny feeling now. I don't know if this is right or not, but last week on Raw, um, on the hard camera, you could see Sign Guy was sitting there, and then about, say about 10 minutes into the show, he wasn't there anymore. Um, I think somebody had said that he got kicked out. I don't know what it was for. But, um, you know, obviously there seems to be a lot of things happening in WWE with Daniel Bryan not winning the Royal Rumble. The fans getting outraged the next night on Raw. The fans just going nuts, chanting yes all the time. They've had to change the Raw script. CM Punk, obviously, um, very much, again, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, seems to be a bit fed up with creative, just said that he wasn't going to come to Raw, and away he went, and I think it was because of, they wanted him to do some concussion storyline or something, and he didn't want to do that because he didn't want to lie to the fans, but, um, CM Punk has, seems to have had issues with WWE, like, um, did you watch that interview that was posted on Facebook with the guy who was talking about UFC and stuff? Yeah, and he he came right out and said that he's not a big fan of guys that come in just for, you know, a couple of months, a part-time guy, the you know, specifically The Rock, 
because um, it was brought up about Batista, and he actually said that he was friends with Batista, and Batista actually has signed a two-year contract to be a full-time worker. Yeah. Um, but I-, I can completely understand his way of thinking where these guys, they trap, they're on the road. I think um, he even said in that interview that they're only home for like a day and a half for the whole week. Yeah. And then they go back out on the road. You'd be great on the WWE then because you're only <laughs> home for like a day and a half, it seems. Sorry, carry on. And just the wear and tear that they put their bodies through uh, for that company, and then to not be rewarded on the biggest payday of them all, that's not really fair. And I can completely see where he's coming from. Um, me, as a fan, I don't have a problem with guys coming back in general, but when they come back and take the top spot, that's a problem for me. That like, That's what I was going to say, that, you know, like, obviously, a lot of people were annoyed that Batista won the Rumble, but then if you look last year, you know, like, Brock came back on an episode of Raw and said that, you know, like, the Royal Rumble, I'll be challenging whoever wins the belt, and then went away for a couple of months, then came back and did that, and then that all ensued. But I, I get where you're coming from, you know, like, I would prefer somebody to come back, you know, like, <sighs> I'm trying to think of a way to put this, um, to, to not to come back and be like, he's got to be in the headline of WrestleMania, I like the fact that whenever Brock came back, you know, like, fair enough, he wasn't at the end, you know, like, the very top echelon of WrestleMania, but he was kind of round about there. Um, and I think the fans go nuts for him because of how destructive he could be. Whereas Batista, Batista, whenever people were saying to me, oh, Batista's coming back, I was like, ah, oh, well. Because I think, toward, for me, towards the tail end of Batista's career, he started getting a bit stale for me, and he was with a whiny heel, and that just didn't work. I preferred him whenever, like, whenever he broke away from Evolution, and he became the big star, which is kind of the same thing that's going to happen to Roman Reigns. He's going to kind of break away and be the big baby face that they wanted Orton to be, and Orton just flopped, and I think that lasted about a month, if that. Um... But yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, that people coming back after, you know, how long was it, four odd years or something? And right. he's come back and he's decided, oh, I'll take, I'll take top spot, you know, because it'll be interesting to see what happens at the elimination tour. But we're talking about, you know, we carry on, I just went off big tangent there. <laughs> well, what I don't understand is, history seems deemed to repeat itself. We, we saw The Rock come back and he won the title and then he was the champion and was never on TV. So, you know, they kind of, you know, crap all over the title. It, it makes no sense. So now it seems like they're doing the exact same thing again, bring back an older superstar and have him come in. And he's going to have to win at WrestleMania, right? Batista? Mm. Yeah, don't you think? Well, you see, I was talking to my good friend Ben, and thinking that um, if he's in the main event, how are they going to close out WrestleMania? You know, like, because you're going to have to have somebody win something big. You know, whether it's somebody, redemp- you know, having redemption or whether Daniel Bryan well, thrust in the, the main event. As a well, I know, I, all right, here, here's a tangent. And I, I know that it's been talked about in years previous. Um, and I know that the full slate of pay-per-views haven't been announced for this year. What if Money in the Bank comes back for WrestleMania? Well, you see, that's the thing, is that a lot of people have said that it's not on the pay-per-view, but then people are saying it's not coming back for WrestleMania. But then, if you're getting a lot of the old timers to come back, say, like, Roddy Piper or Hulk Hogan, which I would th- I think I would just 
die happy if he was to come <laughs> out, and then I would just hear the glass shattering after that, but we'll get on that. Um, but yeah, that would be great, because then if if you have somebody who, you know, like, if you have, say, like, a Dolph Ziggler there, I, I, I know this is pie in the sky, but say Dolph Ziggler does the possible again, and he wins that, and then he cashes in against... Batista, and he beats Batista down, and he wins the belt then. Or what if it's Daniel Bryan, and that's the ultimate, you know, the ultimate culmination of this whole storyline. You see, but I think it's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. Yeah, but he could pull double duty. (sighs) He could do. Well, I suppose whether Triple H will say, you know, like, I'm going to put you in the money in the bank, and then I'm going to, you know, like, have you... Well, maybe if you beat me, you can get into the money in the bank. Yeah, but whether... But that means Triple H would have to go on like first, and he wouldn't like that. <laughs> so that's why he probably put the money in the bank in first, and then Daniel Bryan would come out with his, you know, so Daniel Bryan would kind of do the trifecta, um, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree where you're you're going, and a, a nice idea. Well, just just while you while you're on that, obviously there's about seven or eight participants in the money in the bank. Pick them. Oh wow. Um, I think you get Roman Reigns. Okay. I think Daniel Bryan. Okay. Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Cody Rhodes. Okay. Uh, You'll probably have to pick Kobe, up. Kobe Kingston. I was to say, you have to pick up and get there. Yeah, okay. That's five. Oh, man. Who could be the... Maybe Sandow goes in. Okay, that's six. That's usually bad. Six. It's usually not an, an odd number. Well, I would say Cesaro then. That's the seventh. Okay. Um, I, th- I think he'd be good in that. Um, but yeah, I think that if you were to put those people in that, because obviously not everyone's going to get TV time at WrestleMania because that's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, I think that if that happens, Mike, then you predicted the final four of the Royal Rumble, and then you predicted you know the entrance in the Money in the Bank ladder match. At Vince WrestleMania. can put me on the payroll. He could do, but then you'd probably just put up things anyway. Um, so, yeah, getting back to the original point about CM Punk, um, what are your thoughts on this? And, you know, like I know a lot of people are huge CM Punk fans. Um, is it somebody that you are going to miss? Obviously, WWE are going to miss him. And do you think it is a work? Because that's what a lot of people seem to be saying. But what, are you, what is Mike Lacey's thoughts on the matter? No, I don't think it's a work. Um, I think that this is definitely legit because we've seen Punk talk about this for so long, um, just not being happy with creative, not being happy with the way that things are going. And I see there seems to be a mixed bag out there. It seems to be that some people think that he's being uh, a bit of a baby because in, in the end, yeah, you work for a company and I work for a company and you work for a company. And I'm sure that, at some point in, in, in our careers, we weren't happy with the way that the bosses are doing things, but that doesn't just mean that we can just walk out and, 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 and leave and quit. Well, I guess we could, but it wouldn't be good for my wallet. Um, <laughs> I think Sam Punk will find it easier to get work than we would. Or it, it, even at the end of the day, the WWE is a TV show, and the wrestlers, as much as they are athletes, they're also actors. Yeah, um, and and they need to understand that the storyline is just a script, and you're an actor. You kind of do what is written for you. I'm sure that there are plenty of people that work on television shows that don't necessarily like the way that their character gets written from time to time. But for you know, for all intents and purposes, 
you still have to do it. I mean, I understand it's, it's nice to have the title and, 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 and have the belt and be on top of the card and, and this, that, and the other thing. But in reality, it's, it's not a real thing. It's not like winning um, the Super Bowl or winning yeah. the World Series yeah. or winning uh, a, a boxing title that is legitimate that really says that you are the best. In, in the end, the best worker is something that is up for debate, is something that the fans make up their decisions for themselves. Because who I think is the best worker or the best wrestler isn't necessarily who you think is the best worker or best wrestler. It's not a definitive thing. So I can see where some people think that he's being a little bit selfish and a little bit um, self-righteous in this. On the flip side, if you are if, – if, if he sucked away money – and he has enough money in the bank that he can kind of have money in the bank. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, you're on fire today, your puns. That he can do this, I kind of have some respect for that as well. Um, if you can take your ball and go home and think that that is going to be enough to make the change that I think he's trying to make. Do I think that he's gone forever? No, I don't think that he's gone forever. What's he going to do? Is he going to go to TNA? Uh, I mean – is he going to go back to ROH? Um, if you're in this business, you're in this business to be at the highest level, which is the WWE. You don't you don't walk out on WWE to go to a smaller promotion. That's just not how the things. That's just not how things work. Um, he might go somewhere else in the meantime just to continue working. Um, I, I know that. In that interview that you were speaking about earlier, they kind of asked him if he would ever dabble into MMA, and he kind of skirted the subject. Yeah. Um, maybe he kind of does something like that just to keep himself in shape, but to think that he's not going to come back is ridiculous. It, it might not be for a while. It might be like what Stone Cold did and be gone for a year or two and, and then come back, but do I think that this is the last that we've seen of CM Punk? No, I don't think this is the last that we've seen of CM Punk because CM Punk – as much as I love him, has a huge ego. Yeah, it's, and like, he, he, it's not a case of he has a chip on his shoulder, he has a chip shop on his shoulder is the way I always put it. Yeah, so he needs that limelight. He's not going to be the kind of guy that can just fly under the radar. Uh, you know, he, he loves the business and he loves the spotlight. And I don't think it's going to be too long before he feels the need to have that back. Um, whether he does something in the meantime, like maybe he, um, I don't know, maybe he goes does a does a movie or something to kind of scratch that itch. I don't know, but um, I think he's definitely going to be back at one point or another. I only hope that maybe he's a big enough name, and that Vince is a smart Vince and Triple H are both smart enough businessmen to realize that hey, maybe it strikes a chord with them that uh, that that Punk is right that maybe we need to change a few things around here, um, which is where I wish that it had been less storyline and more more real back in 2011 with Money in the Bank when he won the title and walked out. Mm-hmm. I really wish that that was more of a legitimate thing. I know that he ended up signing his contract the day of the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, and, and they rewrote the ending. Um, I think it would have – I think he had more leverage then. Because he was in a higher spot in the company than he is now, if you know what I mean. He's higher. He was higher in the pecking order at that time. And yeah. They really seemed. They really seemed to be inclined 
to kind of do what he was asking and bend to his will. A little more than with, uh, for Michael say there, so it was just in case you were wondering, people. Um, no, I, I get where I get where you're coming from. Um, I think it's a crying shame, you know, like uh, pardon the pun, you know, like that he it, it's happening, especially this close to WrestleMania. Um, but you know, as people were saying that his profile, I mean. Whenever it happened to Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince came out and acknowledged it and said that he's taken his ball and he's gone home. And they haven't done anything at all to do with Punk. I thought they would have at least, you know, like on the sit-down interview that Michael Cole does with Triple H, you know, I had a little thing there and said, you know, like, well, Triple H, you know, CM Punk wasn't at Raw. What could you tell us about it? It's just like, oh, well, CM Punk isn't returning our calls. You know, like, we, we tried to reach him. I know some of the other talent hasn't reached him. Uh, tried to reach him, and then unfortunately it hasn't happened. So you can kind of turn that. If and when he comes back, then you can say, "Listen, you know, have Triple H, the authority, whoever, Stephanie versus CM Punk in a you know Money in the Bank match or whatever." <laughs> um, maybe I'd agree with that, but yeah, I mean, we could sit here and talk all day about um, CM Punk going. Um, CM Punk obviously said in that interview that. Um, he would have liked to put a certain individual into the Hall of Fame, which is the Ultimate Warrior. Um, at the moment, we only have two names in the Hall of Fame, which is Ultimate Warrior and Jake the Snake. Um, for me, I've always, now I've had three people that I've always wanted to go in bar, you know, like the big ones, say like Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, which were Million Dollar Man, Ricky Steamboat, and Jake the Snake. And I'm going to get the witness, Jake the Snake, be put in the Hall of Fame. Mike, your thoughts on these two go in the Hall of Fame, and how strong this class is already, only with two individuals. And lastly, who do you think will induct um, said um, people into the Hall of Fame? Well, I think it's definitely a strong class. Um, this is my wheelhouse uh, of wrestling that, you know, mid to late 80s was the time that I came in and became a super fan. Sorry, so, um, do you say 50s or 80s there? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're only like a year older than me, but anyway. You're older than I am. No, I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> Recording ended. <laughs> um, no, I was super excited to see that uh, that Jake is, is going to be inducted. And I, I know a lot of people don't believe that the Ultimate Warrior deserves it. But I absolutely do. For a very short time uh, in the WWE, his, WWE's history, he was really the only one that could really give Hogan a run for his money at the box office. And that means a lot. In, in the end, the WWE Hall of Fame isn't necessarily about work in the ring. It's about box office. It's about what they meant to the company. And like it or not, the Warrior was very important to that company at a time when they really needed it. You know, the whole champion versus champion at WrestleMania six, that was huge. And that was something that we had never, even, that we had never seen before and that he went over Hogan. I mean, I know you had – you know, a lot of little warriors and a lot of little Hulkamaniacs. But if you really looked at it and, like, with an adult point of view, look back and how could anybody have believed that, you know, with what we had seen leading up to it, that Hogan was not going to retain? And the fact that they they felt strong enough in the warrior, in the warrior's draw, that they put him over Hulk Hogan. That is huge. That's Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. Uh, right, so who do you think will induct Warrior and Mr. Roberts then? 
Well, I was hoping, I was really hoping that it was going to be CM Punk after he said that, but obviously that's not going to be now. Um, I think that, I think Hogan inducts the Warrior. I mean, I know that the two of them have a history. I know the two of them don't see eye to eye, but I kind of think that it's the most logical. And, and either him or McMahon, I think they're the two logical choices. Um, as far as Jake, I think it's DDP. I think they bring Diamond Dallas Page in to induct Jake. See, I don't. No? I, I agree with you on the Hogan thing, but a part of me thinks that as big a star as Warrior is, Hogan would kind of show up Warrior because of how popular, you know, like Warrior is popular, but Hogan, Hogan is Hogan. Right. You know, like I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge Hogan mark, but it's a case of, you know, whenever Hogan comes out, the crowd is going to go bananas. It's going to go complete ape crap, which is going to be immense. Um... But I was trying to think of who else Warrior feuded with, or and I watched the Self Destruction of Ultimate Warrior, and the only person that I could find that actually spoke of some decency about the Ultimate Warrior was the Brooklyn Brawler. Now I'm not saying that he'll induct him, but I'm just saying that's a possibility. Whereas with Jake the Snake, I think that they'll induct DDP himself, um, but I think it'll be Ricky Steamboat inducting. Jake Roberts, because okay. of the thing to do with the DDT on the, you know, the whole Saturday Night's main event thing and all that um, stuff. Um, but I think that, I think if if he's going in, um, if Jake's going in, I think they'll get DDP to go in as well. I think they'll save, like, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash uh, to a later date and put, like, an NWO in. Maybe they'll do that with Hogan being back, but... Nash and Hall are signing at WrestleCon on the Saturday, so sometimes you think if they're there, they're not going to be in contract with WWE, but then Piper's there, will Piper be at that? I don't know. But um, who else, you know, like if you had a couple of names that you want to see go in the Hall of Fame this year, um, who would they be, Mike? Well, I think the Paul Bearer has to go in this year. Okay. Um, now, whether or not The Undertaker will induct him, I, I, I don't know, because The Undertaker very rarely is seen outside of character. Yeah, so you think it'll probably be Kane before The Undertaker, I'd imagine? No, I, I, I think that... Oh, Mick Foley, perhaps? No, I think it will be The Undertaker, and I oh, think yeah. the fact that... The fact that it'll be one of the times that he breaks kayfabe to do it will make it that much more special. Yeah. I think it will really resonate with, with the fans about just how important uh, Paul Bearer was to the Undertaker's career. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, I think that, see, they only usually do one person that's passed away because I really think that the Macho Man should go in. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people said, like, Bearer, Macho Man, Owen Hart. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you with that. Okay. Um, just, obviously, they put celebrities in. Um, I know I've got my name um, ready to go. Um, so um, let's just see who you think the celebrity should be. Oh, I have that. No, I don't, think that, I don't think they'll go in. <laughs> no, I have a hard time remembering which celebrities are already in. Uh, like I know Drew Carey just went in. Drew Carey. Um, I think it's Bob Barker. Um, uh, uh, Mike Tyson. Right, well, if, he, if he's not in already, I'm going to say Pete Rose. 
No, he's already in. He was in okay. 2004, so he was. Yeah, see, I, see, I, have a hard, I have a hard time remembering who, who's in and who's not on the celebrity front. Okay. Um, I've got two names. Um, oh, you go. Okay. Um, Mr. T and Cindy Lauper. Okay. Well, yeah, WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 30, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I... Um, Roddy Piper did a podcast called Rod Pod, and I was the first question to get answered on Rod Pod, which was who I he thought uh, should go in the Hall of Fame. And this was obviously last, I think it was last year, last year or the year before, and he said that he thought Cindy Lauper should go in. Um, so I, I know that Mr. T, especially if Hogan, especially if Piper's there, sorry, I know Piper and Mr. T have never been the fondest of fans. If you watch... Um, Roddy Piper's Born the Controversy DVD. You'll see why, and I highly recommend you do watch that because it's one of the best um, ones out there. Anyway, it's on um, Netflix too. Oh, is it? Well, yep. that's over only if you're in America and not over here. Cause, uh, but then, having said that, once you subscribe to WWE Network, you'll be able to watch that and everything else, which was what we'll go on to next. So, Mike, obviously, you get to WWE Network in a little over three weeks. Is that correct? Yep, I think it's uh, the 24th of February. Um, are you looking forward to it? Absolutely. Um, My you know, wallet we, is definitely looking forward to it. You know, we don't get it over here until, like, I don't know when, um, end of the year, perhaps? I really wonder why that is. I don't know, unless it's something to do with uh, Although, our local provider, Sky, who do, like, all the pay-per-views, have um, subscri- done, like, the thing where they've bought the thing for the next five years but everything is pay-per-view now whereas normally we get like one or two free everything is all pay-per-view so oh, you have to pay for them all now yeah so once the network comes along and that's like say 10 pound a month that'll be fine um wh- what are your you know like obviously there's so much content but is there something especially with you being like me and being like one of the older generation you know like is there anything from back in the day you kind of want to see because I know I'm busting to see if there's any like prime time wrestling with Grilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on it well I know that they've already announced that they're going to have the entire uh, catalog of previous pay-per-views WWE slash WWF WCW and ECW so um, I was reading a little bit on it. I'm not sure how they're doing that, if it's kind of like an on-demand service that you can search and kind of just watch whatever you want, or if it's going to be scheduled programming. From what I understand is that they will have pay-per-views there and things there, and they will have, like, say, so say you have Invasion 2001, and it gets, like, 7,000 views a week, and then you have... Judgment Day 2003 and it has like 100 views a week they will then take one down and kind of you know like put up the the things that people are watching but things will be like put on the back burner and then put up at a later stage but I think all the pay-per-views will be ready you know like to go um, but I think it'll just be like with Netflix you know because Netflix has so much content on it well, you can kind of just pretty much search for whatever yeah, so I think it'll be a case of whether it's broken down in the year. You know, like you just click a WWE and then click on the year, and then you have all the pay per views all um, side side by side. Because um, that's something else I'm looking forward to is I, they also said that they're going to be putting up old Raws and old Nitros and stuff like that. So yeah, I'd love to be able to just say, you know what, um, I don't know, pick a year and start from there and kind of watch them all in succession. 
and see how storylines play out and if it's kind of the way that you remember it. And there's there was there's been times that I've taken, you know, a couple of years off watching wrestling just because it gets, you know, wrestling for me goes in cycles. There's times when I'm really hot on it, and then there's times that I go really ice cold on it, and I kind of don't watch for, you know, a month or a couple months at a time. There's even been times that before The Rock came back for uh, for his first, um, the what was it, WrestleMania 27, Yeah, I had not watched wrestling in probably a good three or four years. That's disgraceful. So, I mean, I would love to go back and just rewatch a lot of that stuff. I mean, I would catch pay-per-views here and there, but as far as, like, watching the weekly shows, I, I, I kind of was off of it for a while. So it would be nice to, if I said, you know what, hey, I want to start in, I don't know, 2005 mm-hmm. and be able to go through and watch, you know, Raws and SmackDowns and, and, and see stuff that I either really enjoyed or stuff that I completely missed. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that would be really cool. Um, I'd love to see some of the older, like 2001, you know, the lead-ups to the WrestleManias, the Invasion ones, things like that. Um, I'm also interested to see in this um, the Monday Night Wars thing where they, you all know, kind of talk about, you know, like certain episodes of Monday Night Raw, you know, and uh, Nitro. <clears throat> I'm kind of interested to see that and how that plays out. Um, and actually be able to go back and watch the full episode. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool because I know that they released over in America. They haven't released it over here, and it's proven a nightmare to get hold of. Is that the Raw 20th anniversary, uh, Raw anniversary box set mm. that has like full Raws on it? Because um, I know Chris, Mr. Big Red 1990 on YouTube, he bought. Uh, it and uh, it's like all unblurred and everything, so you know, like it, it's it's great to watch. Um, but just if you are a fan of wrestling, you know, like get that. Um, but um, is there anything else, Mike, you want to talk about before we round this up? I'm just looking forward to 2014. Um, looking forward to more episodes than we had in 2013. Yeah, I don't think that'll be hard to be honest <laughs> with you. I think yeah, we're like, the, if we have, like if we have one more than this one, it'll be. Yeah, I think we're the bye-bye-bye yearly podcast where we just put one out every so often. But no, it is something that we, you know, like, we'll we'll try and get back and swing things. This is my first podcast recording since I actually don't know when the last time I recorded a podcast was in general. And I used to be on it all the time. But now it's just either finding the time, getting the people, you know, like, to come up, you know, like, and record it or whether it's other personal things going on in your life you know like so it's in the way it does it does but um yeah that's going to do it for us just a couple of quick plugs uh before i let uh mike promote whatever he wants to obviously uh we're heading into wrestlemania season a lot of people like myself heading over to new orleans to watch wrestlemania 30 wrestlemania access wrestlecon if you're unsure of what WrestleCon is, head over to WrestleCon.com. A lot of people there are going to be signing stuff like Goldberg, Roddy Piper, Team 3D, etc. Um, if you want to get something to buy to get them to sign, and you're on eBay, um, just type in stores.ebay.co.uk forward slash Hoss of Wrestling. That's H-A-U-S. Uh, hyphen of hyphen wrestling. Uh, a lot of cool stuff there. They'll actually, um, if you're ordering a couple of things, they'll actually give you a discounted price on the postage. Uh, I know last year I dealt with them and were fantastic, and this year is no different. Uh, but if you're after somebody, signs, I know they got something for like Mr. Kennedy there to sign, Shawn Michaels, um, things like that, older magazines like WrestleMania 17 for 11.99. 
And also, if you're in the market for some wrestling DVDs, make sure to head over to www.dvd.co.uk. Um, you would have seen that um, the likes of the Live New K from November um, has just been released, and there's a Mr. WrestleMania um, to do with um, Charlie Haas. No, sorry, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> uh, which is uh, coming out in March. So even if you're meeting him like I am uh, the weekend of WrestleMania, you can get him to sign that. I'm not going to sign that. I'm going to sign a magazine instead. Um, but yeah. Uh, just a couple of quick plugs there, and they'll all be in the description to do with the podcast. In case I've talked a bit too fast, and you're like, what the hell did that guy say? Um, so, Mike, it's been great to see, uh, talk with you again. Um, it's been a while since you and I have actually conversed rather than being on Facebook. Um, so, if you would like to promote anything, sir, feel free to do so. Well, as I said, my favorite period of time in wrestling when I started getting into it was the late 80s and early 90s. And what I also got into in the ladies and early 90s was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. It's like you've ruined time. <laughs> so if any of you ring rats are interested in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and are shellheads yourself, you can listen to your favorite co-host, Mike Lacey and Chris Bent. And we're joined by a couple other guys, Dylan Cook and Sweeney Hollick, you know, those, those other guys. And we do a podcast called What the Shell, all about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You can find us on iTunes. Just search for What the Shell. Uh, you can also take a look at our Facebook page, which is backslash the TMNT Classics, and listen to us there. And we're also on Twitter, at TMNT Shell, uh, just to put that out there. But, uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for us. Um, if you're listening and you'd like to send us an email, you can either send one to vintor316 at gmail.com, or you can send one to Mike if Mike wants an email. And, Mike, what email do they send it to you? That is MikeLacy91 at Yahoo.com. Yeah, just if you have any ideas about upcoming shows or anything like that, um, we have, I have some ideas that I've yet to talk to Mike about, but um, yeah, just if you have any ideas, then please let us know, and uh, thank you very much for listening, and until the next time. Right, I'm going to hit stop and see what happens now. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Shawn Michaels, what a ride! The boyhood dream, Mr. WrestleMania, has come true as a ride. Michaels from high above. Everybody wants to be number one, they're going to be one. I knew nobody could touch me. Who is the show stopper? Me. Who is the main event? Me. I am simply the very best in the world. I did it more consistently than anybody else. Just tore the house down. The man whose name is synonymous with WrestleMania. Undertaker. People said we had the greatest match in WrestleMania history. My God, can you believe this man? I have never been outperformed on the grandest stage of them all. And I never will. Sean Michaels! I am Mr. WrestleMania!